Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio, 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Today in the studio, I have a special guest who came 22 hours just to join us in the studio at WRBH. And Cesario, you got to say your last name for me because I don't want to mess it up on the radio and it perfect. Demideros. Demideros. Yes. So yes. Uh, Cesario is part of the African Cocktail Revolution. Yes, yes, yes. And he's the CEO <laughs> of Africa Hospitality Limited. And when I got a, an email from, I guess, whoever's handling your publicity while you're traveling here in New Orleans, I said, I got to get this guy. <laughs> uh, I am so passionate about Louisiana cuisine yes. and particularly the fact that West African influences are so important to us. And I've been joking that I've been trying to find some kind of wine or liquor or something that's West African that I can use. Mm -hmm. And all I find is South African wines. Yes. And um, I think there was a, one liqueur called a Marulo or something. Marula, yes, that's from South that, Africa. That was the closest thing I could get to a liqueur. Yeah. So when I got your information, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk more about what is in the What's flavors of West Africa yeah. and in the cocktail world. so Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. And uh, when I got your response as well, you know, saying, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities between, uh, you know, the cooking in New Orleans, I mean, the flavors as well, and uh, West Africa. There's so many things that are, are identical, you know, I mean, pretty much just transported, you know. So I, I feel like here, I mean, I had lunch yesterday and I... For the first time in America, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> There's something familiar about yeah, it. very familiar, very familiar. Well, we're in, I mean, Africa's a pretty big place, Massive, and we yeah. say West Africa. And even when we say West Africa, there's a lot of land there. Mm -hmm. um, so where are you from? And when you say West Africa, what um, countries is that kind of covering? Okay, West Africa has about 16 states. Some of them are English-speaking, some are Francophone, but uh, pretty much uh, across the coast, uh, it starts out in Lagos, I mean Nigeria, then you go up to Cotonou, which is in Benin Republic, Togo, Ghana, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the Gambia, all the way up to Senegal. So, um, and again, even on that journey up, the coast and going through West Africa, there's still, it's one big uh, melting pot, you know, just like uh, where we are. But I mean, we're divided by ethnicity and language, you know, but that just makes it, you know, all the more richer. Uh, but we share a lot of in common in culture and in food and, and taste. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of similarities. Yeah. Well, when you say it's a melting pot, I think that's interesting because I have a lot of friends here in New Orleans that are starting to get into genealogy okay. and they're starting to trace their roots. And a lot of uh, people of African descent here in Louisiana, you know, we say um, Senegal, Gambia mm -hmm. in our history books. And uh, as they're doing their, you know, DNA and mm -hmm. all that fun stuff, they're finding, okay, Senegal and Gambia, but Ghana and mm -hmm. coast and I said, well, you know, I don't know if the it's based on the current borders, the past borders, mm -hmm. all of that. But you realize, I mean, just like here, everybody's in a melting pot because people are traveling mm -hmm. and they're they're you know getting out, and then eventually, uh, you know, we're all we're all the same people at one we point, are, right? We are, we are <laughs> definitely, definitely. 
So yeah, I mean, uh, just talking about the you're talking about the taste revolution. I mean, it's not it's not a, it's not a, it's not any other revolution. It's a taste revolution, and uh, I mean, the idea behind that. I mean, I started saying that you know a little while ago that you know we because the cocktail culture was inherited, so to speak. I mean, we're mirroring, uh, you know, the American cocktail uh, culture. I mean, America is. I mean, definitely ahead, you know, in that regard. And New Orleans likes to think that we of started course, it, right? Of course, of course, with the Sazerac and, you know, so many other iconic drinks. <clears throat> so what we're trying to do is say, okay, well, I mean, it's great that we're trying to emulate that and we want to jump on this as well. But, you know, let's do it with local ingredients. Let's do it with, you know, our own flavors. Because uh, a lot of the things that, I mean, let's do it what's available you know, and uh, and the continent and the subcontinent is rich with, you know, so much, so many interesting fruits and herbs and botanicals. And, you know, I brought quite a bit of stuff for you to taste through. I know we we're talking about pepper, you know, and I asked for some spice yesterday and, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't get it. <laughs> it wasn't as hot as I thought it, it should be, you know, but yeah. So, so the ideas are the same, but, you know, the flavors are really interesting and that's what we're trying to do infuse all of this you know indigenous flavor into our interpretations of you know popular you know uh, uh, cocktails when you're saying you know the fruits of the region what are some of the fruits that are very uh, common okay. in the area so this is one that's extremely popular it's uh, it's called the African star apple but uh, we call it agbalumo yeah, and okay. uh, if you want to try a taste. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is dried out. So it's uh, dried. It kind of looks like um, beef jerky, but it's got <laughs> um, a little bit more of a rosy color. Uh, exactly. Kind of like um, those dehydrated craisins that you can get at the grocery store. So. I, wish, I wish I could have brought it fresh, but then there's TSA, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to dry it out. So it has kind of that, it's a little it's bit sour. sweet and sour and tangy. Um reminiscent of like a tart fruit mm -hmm. um maybe mm -hmm. like a tart berry exactly. is what it kind of reminds me exactly um i don't get that the thought that i i get when i say apple no, um but i get that kind of sharpness that you would get from kind of a um you know like a sweet tarty fruit very exactly spot on 100 yeah. percent spot on i like it's, it it's really popular and uh, it's very seasonal as well so there's almost like a rush when it comes into season. Everyone's scrambling to grab some. <laughs> now, are they um, mostly, is it something that you juice, something you use the pulp? Yeah, it's it's a pulpy fruit. So, so uh, I mean, we usually just peel off the skin and eat it. Some people even eat it with the skin on. You know, I mean, it's it's absolutely delicious and it's got black seeds on the inside. So, I mean, to juice, it's pretty difficult to juice. You know, I mean, because it's a poppy fruit and it's also quite small. So what we would do is, uh, I mean, you you can juice it, but it's it's a process. So are you, um, for a cocktail, are you turning this into a syrup? Are you um, dehydrating it? What are you doing with this? Well, I mean, first of all, it can be used fresh. So, I mean, I, I could throw this in a, in a whiskey sour, for instance, as my sour element. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I could turn it into a syrup as well, you know, and uh, and use it as an as a sweetener in in anything that you know 
that I want to substitute that with. Um, and then that's where it's being used more. Um, not so much so as garnish because it's, uh, I mean, if you saw, I wish I had like a photograph I'd show you, you know, <laughs> that's not as Texturally, practical. it's not yeah, exactly. perfect for a garnish. Yeah, exactly. But Well, I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I, I on the table, y'all, there are like 10 different little jars of things that my friend Cesario brought in and maybe snuck this <laughs> snuck in so that we could see it. So let's go few uh, through a few of these because okay. there's one that is that very familiar yes, to me yes. um, called soursop. Soursop, yeah, or uh, corosol. <laughs> so, uh, well, soursop isn't indigenous to Africa, but it's, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a very, I mean, we love it and it, it grows. You know, I think it's uh, originally South American. If if I'm correct, yes, I believe it is. Yes, uh, so and so what he has is kind of this um, what I'm, paste. Yes, I did a I did a reduction with this. So and it's kind of a, a um, just a creamy color and um, it looks like something you want to spread on a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that kind of like. I don't want to say funk, but if you know what I mean, it's got that kind of um, like a a strong finish mm -hmm. at the end. But it, um, with the sugar, I get a lot of sweet at the beginning. Yes, yes. So what are you doing with soursop? Uh, soursop basically, I mean, is going into like tropical drinks, for instance. So uh, I, I was going to let you try some tiger nut soon. And uh, with tiger nut, we're doing... Uh, tiger nut milk and uh, using that as a replacement in like a pina colada and instead of using coconut uh, cream or coconut milk you know we're using tiger nut milk instead i mean i mean we do have coconuts but it's just more interesting because uh, the tiger nut is you know uh, is is a, a nutty uh, milky base that we're more familiar with I okay mean, i mean it's it's sort of like um Okay, so let, let's jump into Tiger Nut quickly. Okay. Have you heard about Tiger Nut? I, I know nothing about it. Okay, great. So this is something. <laughs> something right, uh, should I take a small taste or oh, am I? Nice. Okay, so this yeah, is... you never know. Like these are these. You know, you see little things, and you're like, you take a big mouthful, and then you're like, oh my god, I don't know if I should have eaten that. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it's got. Um, I would say uh, like a peanutties. A little hint of sesame, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, that that's nice. I like it. Mm. I like that. This is, I mean, in in its original form, it's. Uh, I mean, it it does sort of maybe look like a, a rough, a really rough peanut, you know, with uh, rough edges. Like a, a peanut that sat in the tub too long, got wrinkly, <laughs> and then dry back out. An old, an old, <laughs> an old peanut. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we would eat this just by chewing it, and uh, you get the milk out of it straight away. So to use this in a drink, we first, we first of all have to soak it because it's a really hard fruit. I'm mean, sorry, it's a really hard nut. Uh, soak it, and then you uh, blend and pretty much squeeze out the, the milk, and you get that. So what I did with the paste was just 10% uh, uh, sugar, you know, just to preserve it mm -hmm. for the journey. Yeah, but ordinarily I would have used it like that. And uh, it's popular as well because uh, one thing that's different, I think one of the primary differences, and uh, we'll, we'll have that conversation when we come to this 
over here. I have a tree bark infusion uh, that I started when I got to New York. I, I came with the actual... Uh, you came with the bark? Yeah, I came with the bark. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got some of the bark for you so he's got some of the bark in his backpack, and he's got this um, water cooler uh, filled with something with uh, tree bark floating in it. And, you know, I look at all these things, and I go, hmm, who was the first person to decide that, A, we should eat this, B, it's going to taste good and not kill us, and C, that this is going to make a great drink? Yeah, in as a matter of fact, these are all herbal remedies so as i speak to you right now somewhere in in lagos or somewhere in west africa someone's having a, a, a shot of this to cure something say i mean from anything from malaria to diabetes to uh you know it's even uh, what we have infusing here is one of the most popular aphrodisiacs on the continent. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so just have a little. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> My husband is going to be like, what were you doing today? <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, modern day, we would say we would run away from the illusion that, you know, alcohol or, uh, well, I think we're more comfortable with food. So we're more comfortable with saying, okay, yeah, oysters will do X, Y, Z. But but the alcohol industry has discouraged people from talking about any sort of benefit you get whatsoever from from consuming alcohol, even though that's where we originally started. I mean, liqueurs. and then there's something that I think people have the perception that you know it's naughty already if you're drinking alcohol, and so when you start adding things to it, then maybe there's you're overdoing the, it. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, these are all like traditional local herbs and. This on its own is extremely popular. Um, it's called Agbo. Yeah. Agbo? A-G-B-O. A-G-B-O. It's a Yoruba word. Yeah. Uh, the Yoruba culture is the most predominant in on in the subcontinent in West Africa. And, uh, and Agbo basically is tree box. You have herbalists who are born into, you know, families that, that make Agbo. And they learn this from like, you know, it's an oral tradition, so it's handed down. There are no books, there's no school, you know, for it. <laughs> and uh, and you learn, how, you know, what trees, you know, do what and in what combination. And for children, you know, they would infuse this in water. Yeah. And uh, there's people who've never had any medicine, you know, like, no, I mean, this is what they they survive on. And uh, And some people prefer to have it infused in alcohol. And, uh, and they drink this, and it works. So I thought to myself, you know, since it's such a big thing already, you know, how do we take that off from, you know, the market and the streets where it's being consumed or the villages, you know, and bring it into, you know, uh, a five-star, you know, hotel, bar. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and put it in a drink. So recently uh, myself and, I mean, on the show, The Barman TV, which is a reality TV show we just started, we had a challenge where we asked the bartenders to infuse Agbu into interpretations of the Negroni. Okay. So taking out, you know, what would ordinarily have been the bitter element of the Negroni and replacing it with Agbu and whoa. We had fantastic, fantastic uh, outcomes. <laughs> I, you know, I love the idea of, you know, we, we love our classics. We love our yes. classic Negroni. We love our classic Sazerac. But just like chefs now are being innovated 
innovative and infusing flavors of other cultures that they're seeing, mm-hmm. it makes sense to do that with cocktails. And I feel like it makes sense to do that with the stuff that's in your own backyard. Exactly. You know, why bring something in mm-hmm. when you have something that is a really good exactly. substitution? Exactly. So, I mean, uh, so what we, I mean, what where we're going with that is, you know, it's uh, if you came to Lagos and I took you out and bought you a Negroni, it would be a Negroni like one you've never had. So it would, it would be a Lagos Negroni. You I know, love that. African Negroni, exactly. Because you've had a Negroni everywhere you've been, right? I mean, it's Campari, Vermouth, and Gin. You know, it's not exciting if you if you have to go somewhere completely different and, you know... You get the same drink you, you have at home. drink you had, exactly. So... So that's that's the thinking behind that. So you you'll try some agua. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'll try it. I'm I'm like hmm, the brown water that has. So what's the base alcohol um, that you're using in this? I'm just I just use the high proof uh, grain spirit. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> and, I, and I've watered it down. Okay. Thank you. So. All right. So am I supposed to just kind of like. Uh, let's get into it. It is extremely bitter. I okay, must warn you. so I'm just gonna take a, a little sip, sip. Yeah. Oh, look, I love this. <laughs> he's giving me a little spoon because he's he's like, okay, test it, make I'm sure it's first, okay. He sure went first fine. to make sure. <laughs> I have my official taster, Mr. Cesario here. Thank you. So I got the spoon. It's kind of a um, I would say a rusty color water yeah. looking um but we know it's not water it's oh, yeah, a definitely. grain spirit so let's go ahead and taste it it is very it tastes like bark um it has that um i hope i don't get pulled over i'm away from the station but officer i just have one spoonful exactly. but um it has that kind of um if I think of the smell of mm. the forest after a heavy rain mm. and that that smell kind of permeates your sinuses, that's the flavor I'm getting in my mouth. It's kind of a nostalgic, like in my opinion, except for the burn in the back of my yeah, throat. The it's, burn is probably the grain. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> the um, it's kind of a nostalgic aroma, I think, for people who grew up in South Louisiana that smell after the rain of the leaves mm. and the the trees um, so I can see how this makes sense. And, yeah. um, I'm not opposed to it. Like yeah. I was a little concerned. I think if we had a, a little bit lighter uh, on a, um, on a cold day, maybe the grain spirit, but <laughs> maybe a lighter <laughs> spirit, but I like that. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And, um, I'm curious to know, um, what things we have here in South mm-hmm. Louisiana that may have some of the same uh, medicinal properties that we can I, I'm kind of inspired this mm, is interesting mm, yeah, so. yeah yeah, great I should get you to write all our tasting notes okay <laughs> well the good thing is the show's recorded so if I don't remember what I made up uh, we have it now <laughs> fantastic so I mean this is a great example of taking you know really ancient old school uh, I mean not old school ancient cultural beliefs and bringing it into urban you know modern day you know, taste interpretations, because we all know about this growing up as children, but, you know, uh, maybe soon, I mean, it'll catch on and and we're going to have people actually using this in top places, you know, and, and that's... And bottling where, it? Maybe bottling it. I mean, I'm I'm working on, on actually making a flavoring bitters out of it. So, yeah. I, I, mean. I think it's exciting. <laughs> and, I, you know, I feel like the... Um, 
There's so much stuff that we're, we don't know about um, mm-hmm. that comes from other places. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be introduced to it is exciting. It re- it's refreshing. Um, and I think we can, I think we would definitely get on board, in my opinion. Yep. Um, so we only have a few minutes left, but I okay. want to change um, course a little bit. Okay. Because when I saw reality show, bartenders, West Africa, I immediately thought... Are these like hip, fancy bars? Are these neighborhood bars? Um, the bar culture is very new, mm-hmm. if you say new in the last decade. Mm-hmm. So, how did y'all go about coming up with this idea, and how did you find the right people to mm-hmm. be involved in it? Okay, well, I mean, I guess it starts with why are we doing it in the first place, and uh, the motivation is that because the the industry is still in an in a early growth phase, we we think that it's necessary to create some aspiration towards the craft. So um, if we if we can create aspiration, then we're going to create a crop of bartenders who are going to sign up to bartending, you know, uh, because they can see that there's a career path and there's there's progress here. It's not a dead-end job, you know, that I'm just doing to get through, you know, I mean, because there was nothing else to do. Right. <clears throat> and uh, and if you have that mindset, then you're really going to be able to develop, you know, people who are going to take it to the limits. You know, I mean, we're going to explore all the options and that's what we want. So uh, so the TV show really is, that's the idea behind it. Uh, the second thing is that, uh, again, because we're at a development phase, uh, it's supposed to provide training. So it's a learning opportunity. And it's not just educating the bartenders who are on the show. It's also educating consumers who are watching. Yes. You know, so so how do you know that this was a badly made drink? Yeah. So, I mean, you're going out every night hitting bars. You're getting bad drinks, you know, which happens anywhere in the world. Yes. You know, even here. <laughs> and, uh, but then if you don't know, you don't know. So you'll pay for it and you'll drink it and you might not like it, but then you don't know why because you didn't know better. And and if you don't know that there is something out there besides a vodka and club soda or, exactly. a, a, you know, whatever your beginner drink, uh, you know, your tequila sunrises for the college <laughs> kids, um, you know, if you are not exposed to it, exactly. then you can't have an informed opinion about it. Exactly. And then also for consumers or guests, if you watch the show, you see how much work actually goes into creating these drinks and that also gives you a little bit more respect for the people who are slaving you know behind the scenes you know so a lot of people just think oh turn up to the bar order drink you know they have no idea what goes on in the back the amount of prep work the amount of thinking the planning you know everything that all the thought that you put into crafting your drink and serving it you know uh, we we don't see that so that's what we're trying to do with the show create aspiration educate the bartenders show them that there's you know this is a this, there's a longer path you know this is not a you know um i mean it's it's just not it's not a turn on the road it's it's there's a journey here it's a career ex- it's a career 100 percent. and uh and we're showing them great examples as well by bringing bartenders who are at the top of their game to come and you know handle some of this training and mentor them so in this uh season we had colin apia who's a senior portfolio Ambassador for Bacardi here in the U.S. We had uh, Tom Dyer, who's a multiple world flair champion who came to train. 
you know, so that also helps to sort of see that, okay, well, I mean, I could be flying around one day as well, <laughs> you know, giving workshops around Call the me. world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, so the Barman TV, that's what we're trying to do. Well, um, as far as how people can see it, is it something that's going to be available online for people in the U.S. to see? Is it only showing throughout areas of West Africa? How is that working? Oh, yeah, it's showing it's it's on YouTube, so everybody can get involved. Available to the world. Yep, yep, yep. At The Barman TV on YouTube. Just search that and, uh, yeah, we'll turn up. <laughs> now, are there uh, recipes at the end of the different shows yes, so that if yes, we like yes, what yes. we see, we can recreate it? Yep, 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 yep. Might be hard, though, because we're keeping it very African. <laughs> so, so I anticipate that Cesario is going to have to have an online spice trade pretty <laughs> soon. If, whenever Barman TV <laughs> takes off and um, everybody's like, I need some of that that uh, peanut that looks a little bit old. I want that stuff. So. You can order online. <laughs> I will send it down to you. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners, um, you know, before we wrap up about uh, the African cocktail revolution, the flavors of Africa and what they can do to help support this very positive um, effort? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess it's it, whilst we're we're doing this really for I mean, Africa is is a, is a top tourist destination. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to come and see what the continent has to offer. So we're just making sure that, you know, uh, that trip, whether it's for, you know, people who are retracing their heritage and trying to come back to find out, you know, uh, what it is or, I mean, whatever your reason for coming to the continent, uh, you're going to have a great time experiencing, you know, the flavors of Africa in your drinks uh, and in your food, you know, I mean, in everything. So that's that's what we're here for. Uh, get involved, sign up to YouTube, follow the show. It's entertaining. So, I mean, you'll definitely have a good time watching it. (laughs) Well, Cesario, thank you so much. Enjoy all of your time here in New Orleans. You have, what, about a week here? Yes, I do. So remember that New Orleans is a marathon, not a sprint. That's what I hear. Pace yourself. I've I've been told. (laughs) Drink lots of water in between each cocktail and eat every three hours. Okay. So let's sign off with you tasting a little bit of this Cameroon pepper. Okay. It's hot. I want. Okay. A Cameroon careful. pepper. I think I've seen this online. Uh, I think there are taste challenges on it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll end with a spicy tribute to West African flavors. Fantastic. So cheers. <laughs> and it has a little burn. I might have to wash it down with the bitter and burn. So thank you so much, thank Cesario. You, thank You've you been listening me. to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao. Bye-bye.